0: live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Right now they're 3-3 in the thick of the ASU playoff race so um, I was surprised a little bit by the timing of it but I think that that's right where they, they throw a lot of teams like target with Justin Herbert which is the clock's ticking, and we want to get this guy out there and use our future. And again, um, maybe they just felt like they wanted to put him out there as soon as they, they felt like he could, you know, function. And, and most of them, most importantly, protect himself in terms of knowing where the hots are and be able to understand protections. I'm gonna guess that's Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, that's one of your best friends.
1: Wasn't he? Wasn't he a fan of your mock drafts that you did for uh, Golik and Wingo? Oh, yeah, he was. That's right. I made the show. Was it, was it both of them or just the, the first one? No, it was just the first pick. Yeah, because, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Not sure how much of a game you watched last night, but one word I'm going to use to describe Trayvon Diggs right now? Liability. <laughs> okay?
0: Yeah, that's a good call. He's, he's a liability right now, Brent. Yeah. How's uh, Christian Fulton doing with COVID? Hey, you know what? He's got an (laughs) intercept. He's got a sack.
1: He's not a liability right now in Dallas. That was your 20th pick. Don't even try to turn this on me. (laughs) Hey, who did I pick? Who did I have for the first pick that he liked? You had had Javon Kinlaw because you asked for my Uh, advice. How's Kinlaw playing? I mean, I don't know. Not bad, I guess. I have no idea, actually.
0: Just wondering where I would rank in terms of being a GM.
1: All right. Well, let's let's bring up Javon Kinlaw's stats real quick oh, here. Oh, come see. on. You can't tell stats with a defensive tackle. I, I can tell his sacks. He doesn't have any yet, but he's going to get there. Um, no, I mean, he's listen, the guy's got nine total tackles, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell the defensive tackle. But from yeah. what, what I've seen on film, what I've been hearing on the interwebs is people seem to like him a lot.
0: With all their injuries, he must be getting a ton of playing time, I would think. For sure. But, uh, I don't know for sure. I haven't watched many San Francisco games, Yeah. Uh, being honest. Hey, you know what's wild about this? We're at Streamsong Resort. And the cool, one of the cool things about some different golf courses, and, and I've told you this before, this is, like, in the middle of nowhere. We're in Bowling Green, Florida. And you you go off the main road, and, like, you drive 11 miles, and then you go take another turn, and then it's, like, another six miles. And then you take another turn, it's another five miles. And another turn, it's, like, another three miles to get <laughs> to the golf course. And all on these back roads. But it's, like... It's that kind of place. It's like when you first take that turn, you're like, hey, we're almost here. And then 35 minutes later, you're finally making it. <laughs> but uh, what's wild about it, and, and we have these places in Jacksonville, too, that are a little more secluded. Uh, and, and everyone has them. But you see the wildlife on the golf courses. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of courses have deer on them. Well, I'm doing the show. And in the last half hour, I just watched something walk by. And honestly, I have no idea what it is or was. And huh. uh, And so I'm like... Stewart, did you see that thing? And he didn't. He, he wasn't turned that way. And so I just went out and asked, and, I, and I'm and i looking Googling because I know there are bobcats out here. So I'm like, I think that might have been a bobcat. But then I look on Google, and I'm like, that doesn't look like a bobcat. This thing was a little skinnier. It didn't – I don't know. It just didn't feel like it looked like that. Okay. Uh, then I'm like, Florida panther. They have what? those around here. Okay. And so I think, I believe it might have been a panther, but I just asked somebody next door, They as and I described it, they said, ah, that's probably a bobcat. Bobcat. So I either just saw a bobcat or a panther. Yeah. And by the way, the gators here are huge. And I don't mean the Florida gators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean the gators. Yeah. Like, we're talking 15-foot gators. Dang. Yeah, they're
1: no these, joke. These things are well-fed,
0: huh? No, they are. Like, yeah. I've seen videos before from the caddies. They look like prehistoric.
1: <laughs> dang I mean, it's unbelievable be honest do you like when you if you put your bar, uh, ball in the rough or something or about like a water um hazard i think they yep, water hazard nailed it um do you ever get worried about like gators and stuff like does that ever cross your mind or are you just kind of like ah it is what it is
0: um yeah i do uh, yeah. not not so much the gators i'm probably a little more like i'm not locked into the gators but i don't go look for balls at all in florida because of the snakes okay i'm just not into that it's probably and now yeah go ahead if I have to go hit a shot in there, then I kind of dance around and look, and I'm not giving up a stroke.
1: Dance around. I'm not going to go
0: give up a just stroke. Prancing, of... Just prancing, just kind of casually going up there. Listen, yeah. if I get bit by a cotton mouth, at least I save the shot.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, next time maybe bring, like, a magnum gun or something. Yeah, take somebody out, take somebody out. But strokes are strokes.
0: Hey, this is valuable. Yes, yeah. That is, and a ball's a ball. Ball's uh, ball. But I'm way more willing to give up the golf ball than I am to give up the stroke.
1: You better believe it, Brent.
0: So, uh, and how about this? All right. I don't even know. We were wondering if we should even share this story today on the golf course.
1: Oh, so well, okay. But before you go, careful now, because you hopefully. always told me if you got to think twice about telling a story, <laughs> don't tell it. This is, like Braves base,
0: this is like the Braves base running play. If you here hesitate, you go. don't go. Yeah, here you go. It's here, Brent. <laughs> Uh Well, this isn't that bad. Don't okay. worry. You don't need the double button okay and uh nick you can still have your vacation week. it's okay <laughs> boss man nick but we're out at well i don't even know what holes we're am maybe like 12 13th hole something like that and uh we saw all of a sudden we're down like in the fairway area and i think i was hitting out of the bunker at that time and uh someone's like hey there's a rabbit here and it's dead you know oh. so somebody got the rabbit right okay. wildlife it's nature you yeah. know what happens this rabbit had no head. Okay. Like the rabbit had no head. Like what? the rabbit was dead, but the head was gone. Yeah. Like gone. Yeah. Like, like it looked like it was a taxidermy hanging on a wall without the head.
1: Yeah. The um without getting into too graphic of detail, was it a fresh kill or like had it been out there for a while?
0: I I, I don't think it was super fresh.
1: Oh. <laughs> I don't, I I didn't get, hey, this isn't, this isn't Subway bread we're talking about here. This is an animal. A little respect, man. Yeah.
0: Well, I just, I can't imagine it had been there that long. By then, somebody would have removed it, you know? Good point. Good point. Or another animal would have come yeah. by and and Dang. it off. But I was like, holy cow, man. I mean, these guys are vicious out here. Well, and Survival the, of the
1: fittest. Survival of the fittest, only the strong survive. But I guess the question remains, like, do you think an animal got to it and then obviously um, proceeded to, you know, off with its head? Or was it hit with a golf ball unexpectedly, knocked unconscious, and then an animal found that rabbit? Because what kind of animal is going to chase down a rabbit? I thought rabbits are quick.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest with you, man, not 100% sure it was even a rabbit. Because <laughs> I couldn't tell.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I I had a, it was just a body. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was it was weird. It, was it wasn't wild. someone's
1: poor puppy or anything, was it? No. Okay, no, good.
0: No, no. It was definitely more like a rabbit. And, Probably uh, but, a house
1: cat. Oh, no. can only be so lucky. I didn't say that.
0: But, there, I mean, there was a little, like, area over there you could tell that. It had been attacked. Wow! Um, and I was like, "Wow! Holy cow!" All right, I've never is seen a crazy that. This golf course, man. <laughs> Yeah, the golf course is unbelievable. Yeah, so you see a little bit of everything. I guess you, so. You got stories to tell about your golf game and and elsewhere. But golfers will love this, by the way. I just looked at my scorecard before I came in. I th- I played pretty well for me. I play, hit the ball really well today. I'm not going to sit here and brag about it, but I'm just saying I hate it well. A little flex. Yeah, a little flex. But, I mean, I also tell you when I make 11s on my scorecard. So, that's the way I roll. <laughs> um, but I hate it well. I was pretty happy, especially here. We're into the win the final six, seven holes, and it's a tricky golf course. Um, well, I made three pars today. Kuz, I made three pars. Three pars, Kuz. That's it. That's more than, than I to,
1: made. Let's go to Justin's analysis. Though. That's more than he made. Well, and – Stuart's
0: flexing over here, telling me he made five pars.
1: So it's Stuart B today.
0: So, like, I thought I was playing really good, and I'll, I look up and I count my on my scorecard, like, three pars, that's it? Like, I try to go out and around, and I try to make ten. Sure. I try to make ten pars, two birdies, and just hopefully I don't make sixes and sevens. That's good. Well, I still shot 82. I was extremely happy with my score. Like, yeah. loved my score. I did have three birdies. (laughs) Okay. okay. So that helped. That's a lot for me in a round, three birdies. Can you count birdies as like two pars? Well, I kind of do. What I do is I take Ah, them off the bogeys. Like if I have double, I had one double bogey, and that's Mm. it. See, that's that's why I shot 82, because I had one big number. That was it. Everything else was either bogey, par, birdie. So I usually will take, if I make a birdie, that makes up for my double bogey. That's the way I look at it. Uh, but I may, I only made one double bogey, made three birdies today. So that counts as like double par. Two things. Uh, number one, did Stewart beat you? No. Stuart what did you shoot? Stewart shot 95. But Stewart, yeah. Stewart. Says <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> the guy Gross. who shot 121 last time out.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Um, second thing. So like, you know, birdies, there's an albatross, right? Yep. Yeah. So like yeah, eagle exactly. So they're all yeah, the dead rabbits. So they're all um, they're all associated with birds. Is is, is a bogey associated with a bird or not? That's just its own thing. Like where, where did the term bogey come from?
0: Yeah, I don't know where bogey came from. Well,
1: Brent, how are you supposed to progress as a professional golfer if you can't even learn your history?
0: Uh, you could have stopped their profession,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> as, a, as an everyday golfer,
0: if you can't learn Did your history, you, that's a great question. You know, this is one of those questions. Sometimes we get you, you'll get this more and more, and who's you'll see it someday. But sometimes your kids ask you questions that are the most common question, like the most common thing, simple mm-hmm. thing, and you're like, I have no idea. Yeah. It's like, why is the road like that? You know, <laughs> I have no idea.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, it just is.
0: And uh, and so when you ask me what a bogey is or how it came about, I don't know. I don't know. Right, Somebody welcome. probably knows. Yeah. I'll Google it later. By, yeah. the, by the way, Brent, did you see the uh, the five year old in uh, in Florida actually that's going viral for hitting his second hole in one? I I did see that two hole in ones. He's five years old. There's video of one of them. I didn't see the video yet. Yeah, it's uh
1: pretty depressing
0: because. Did, did he... Like uh, we're gonna get to the quarterback report card. Sorry, we'll oh, get to it in a moment. Oh, all right, Brent, but uh, my golf real... game's
1: more important. Oh right, yeah, and, and so the, the talk of bogeys and birdies and eagles and albatrosses and all that stuff. So check this out. So a bogey originated from Scotland, and the story goes that um some say that Major Charles Wellman remarked that a player was a regular bogey man, while others up oh, there's a pop-up ad. Delete that. While others credit Scottish slang for "nope," don't want to pay for this website. Get off here. Yep. While others credit Scottish slang for goblins or devils. So like a bogey is like a it, it's Scottish slang for a goblin or a devil, I guess. Okay, so well bad. that
0: makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I yeah. appreciate the knowledge there. I hope hey, everybody no problem, learned man. something. Yeah. Um, didn't really think I would go to Austin Lane for my hey. golf
1: knowledge, but, but hey. here we are. Any, any other kind of golf <laughs> knowledge? Just bring it my way, man. I'll take care of you guys. Now I you can. You. Now when anybody's go wants to play golf on Halloween, they can just say that. Uh, celebrating the season. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, <they> were, <laughs> that's a good point. Sounds, sounds uh, like an excuse to get that's, out of work, that's, but okay. A great, great excuse. Yeah.
0: Uh, one last thought. See, so you brought up the kid that's from five years old and he's made two hole in ones, um, which is awesome. I I might have said this on the show before, but I genuinely mean it. Much like I say that I wouldn't play for a million dollars for a series in the NFL, I don't care that much about the hole in one. <laughs> like, I don't. I really don't. Like, I, I could. Whenever I die, right, I don't want to say I could die tomorrow because a rabbit just had his head taken off out on this golf course. Yeah. But if whenever that happens, if I don't have a hole in one, don't feel bad. Hey. It's okay.
1: Spoken like a guy who's never had a hole in one before. Little jealousy, I feel like <laughs> There's hey. no jealousy here. Do, do, do I know I'm not in a golf because a five year old did better than you. That's no, why I can't get hundred percent in golf. Because this five year old's got two hole in ones, two hole in ones. How many do you have? Again? None. Okay. And I'm okay with that. I mean, that's my, point. my case. But go
0: ahead. Let's call down right now to the TV studio, right? John Bachman plays golf a lot. I don't think he's had a hole-in-one. And if you ask John, because this John's like most golfers, and if you ask most golfers, they'll be like, oh, man, I want a hole-in-one. I came so close to that hole-in-one. I can't believe I have an hole-in-one. What do you mean that kid's got two hole-in-ones and I've got none? Exactly. Most people are like that. And that's okay too. I'm just telling you, being honest
1: with you. I don't care if I get a hole in one. Glenn, I, all these ice cream flavors, and you choose to be salty about it. You're just <laughs> mad because you haven't hit a hole in one. Stop I'm not, lying. I, I am not. Oh, I can't wait. So one day is gonna come. You hit a hole in one, and you won't be all over Twitter and Facebook and Instagram oh, oh, posting a oh, video. Oh, no, absolutely. no, he's gonna it be humble. Be you know what? He's gonna be, like, he's gonna be Bill, Bill Belichick. He's be like, yeah, I hit a hole in one. You no, know, uh, we're on to the next course. It is well, what it is.
0: No, it would definitely be out there. Now, see, that's maybe that's a. I thought about that today. I was like, what if I hit a good shot right now, and Stuart's not recording this on video, and I hit a hole-in-one? Now I'm going to be pissed off, and my hole-in-one isn't on video, and it could have been. So maybe that's why I don't want the damn hole-in-one, or I got to tape every single par three that I ever play.
1: I just think you're bitter because a five-year-old outperformed you. Kuz, you got a question? No, I was going to say the the other day, on a par three, I hit it really close to the hole, and I thought about leaving the divot so that the people behind us could see how close I hit it. (laughs) That's what you're dealing with here, folks.
0: All right. Uh, QB report card time. By the way, uh, Streamsong Resort is where we're at. That's why we're talking a little golf. Check them out, streamsongresort.com. They've got this awesome stay and play package, uh, and you can get a Scotty Cameron putter. If you, uh, stay and play, it's very popular right now all the way through November. You gotta play before November. It's one of the best kept secrets. If you haven't been and you like golf, it's right here, uh, in Bowling Green, Florida, about three hour drive from Jacksonville. And, uh, it's just a tremendous golf course. Look at all the rankings, uh, in terms of golf courses. It's gonna be in the top ten, ten all around the state of Florida, top five. And, uh, Two, three, and four for their three courses. There you go, top five. So two, three, and four. And uh, even in the country, this is well-known around the world. So streamsongresort.com, that's where we're hanging out here today. And that's where we're doing our QB report card from. Mm -hmm. Uh, Drew Locke uh, came back in. By the way, I don't have the sheet, so you're going to have to be the checkmark king today. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh,
1: hang on. Is the the sheet by here? I can go get it quick?
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's okay. I'll keep track of the check marks.
1: <laughs> okay. You don't want me to touching your stuff. I get no, it.
0: No, I really, good. I really don't want you putting three check marks down for Kyle. DeMoto. That's why <laughs> It's going to be unlimited check marks, but okay. <laughs> yes. Let's go on here. It'd be like emoji, emoji, emoji. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Drew Locke because he finally played for the first time in, in a month. There he is. He, he didn't play great. Did he? But he got the win
1: in new England. Why do I feel like that should be a check mark for getting the win in New England? Yeah, let me go ahead and bring up the stats real quick, Brent, because you know how I'm a big stat guy here. But, yeah, I mean, listen, anytime you beat the Patriots in New England, especially, let's be honest here. We, we were talking about a little bit Vic Fangio maybe coaching for his job this next couple games because he hasn't had the best of year in calling timeouts or not calling timeouts when he should have and things like that. Been kind of by the a little bit. Oh, Brent, see, here's the thing, though, man. All right, Drew Locke, 10 for 24, 189 yards and two interceptions. Mm, nope, no check. Mark. I mean, you you can't co-sign on that, can they you? They won because of their defense. Correct. Well, and Phil Plinsey had a pretty good day over 100 yards rushing. Yeah, I j- uh, Drew Locke, congrats on the win, man. But 10 for 24, 189, and two interceptions, you can't do it.
0: Well, you know what's interesting is like because you're a win guy. Right. and The guy goes over there and gets a W and one of the hardest places to get a W and he still can't even earn a check. I know. (laughs) It's sad, but what do you want me to do? Brent? When you go
1: 10 for 24,
0: what do you want me to do with two picks like the 10 for 24 wouldn't bother me as much if it's 200 yards and two touchdowns and no picks or one and none. But the two mistakes just screams to me like, oh, come on. They won in almost in spite of Drew Locke.
1: Yeah. Better Uh, than
0: that. So uh, Dwayne Haskins obviously is on the bench. uh, So he's eliminated from the game. And uh, then we go to Daniel Jones. Yeah, you got stats.
1: Oh, I got stats here. So, uh, most importantly, yeah, your guy. Yeah, (laughs) keep praying about that one. Uh, So, yes, the Giants won twenty to nineteen against the Redskins. That's Uh, a win. Say what you want about it. If you recall what Kyler Murray did against the Redskins a couple weeks back, I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, twelve completions, nineteen attempts. That's good enough for sixty-three point one six percent completion percentage. 112 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. That's good for a 74.9 quarterback rating. But let's go to the rushing yards real quick because Brent's going to have a stroke if he doesn't. Uh, seven rushes for 74 yards, 10.57 yards per carry. Pretty I had the one, a big one. Yeah, I had like a yeah, 54-yard run.
0: Did he have a touchdown run?
1: No touchdown run.
0: I got I got it. Come on, man. I mean, the guy has no check marks. And... <laughs> He, beats, he gets a win, by, he does it by, with his legs and his arm, point. and he makes one mistake in
1: the game. That's got to be a checkmark for DJ. By that Giants defense? I mean, is there a, can we give him like a circle where it's not a <laughs> minus or it's a check mark? It's like, yeah, you're it's all like right. It's like a box without but the listen, check. Listen, this guy's had a rough season. Go ahead, if you're feeling kind of charitable, go ahead and give a check, Mark. I'm not going to stop you.
0: Yeah, I think because of the win, and, and obviously, you know what's crazy about this, and we'll talk about it a bit more, but you just gave me stats on Drew Locke. I think he threw it 24 times or 27 times. Um, now you give me stats on Daniel Jones, and he threw it 19 times. That's yeah. it? And yeah. you're, we're going to get to your guy, Kyler Murray. He only threw it 24 times yesterday. Yeah. So And then you go to Gardner Minshew, man, and he threw it 44 times. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're comparing second-year quarterbacks. And nobody seemingly is throwing it 30-plus times a game other than Gardner Minshew. I know this is one sample, but even if you go back a few weeks, you might find one here or there. But consistently, Gardner Minshew is throwing it plus 35 times a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it goes to show you, especially some of these guys are winning right now, throwing a lot less, and some of these guys like Gardner Minshew are losing, throwing it a lot more. So it really goes to show you right now, like, I get it. We're all up this offensive-driven league and the quarterback-driven league. But if you have that balanced run game, like the Broncos had, I believe the Giants had that as well, it goes to show you that you probably have a better chance of winning ballgames.
0: Well, you say balance, and I also say defense, too. Obviously, Denver's defense played well. Washington's not very good offensively, but the Giants did a good enough job. Uh, And if you look at Kyler Murray and that Arizona team last night, their defense was the star of the game.
1: Well, well, careful now, because Kyler Murray is his own star. Uh, So, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, completions, nine completions, 24 attempts. Now, listen. (laughs) Let's Hey, I'm I'm speaking right now. Excuse me. Uh, So, I mean, I'm not good at math. It's like around a 37 and a half uh, completion percentage, but that's okay. Why? Because, you know, Dallas and, you know, Brent's guy, Diggs, was trying to do his thing, whatever. But, hey. Let's go to the real stats, the stats that matter. Number one, he won the ball game, 38-10. to 10. It wasn't even close. Number two, threw for two tids, if you will. Threw for two of them, two touchdowns passing. But that's right. He likes to use his legs as well. Ten rushes, 74 yards rushing. And unlike Daniel Jones, he gets the job done with a category of touchdowns to it in terms of rushing. So three touchdowns total, zero fumbles, no turnovers. Yeah. And a ninety-three point seven percent QBR rating. If you need any more incentive, let's go ahead and give that guy two check marks.
0: <laughs> two that's, check marks. that's gonna be a
1: hey, two check mark game. Just think, if you give him two check marks, that will be almost as many completions as he has. <laughs> It's not. Oh, it's not always about com- you, you. Get so lost in these stats. It's not about the completions. Sometimes it's about the the touchdown. <laughs> it's about the win. It's about the win. <laughs> oh wait, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, You just argued against yeah. that. Well, yeah, uh, and uh, 188 yards passing. By the way, I didn't mention that either.
0: Hey, oh, <clears> I'm gonna give Kyler Murray a check mark. I yeah. listened to the game. I think he was dynamic in the game. Disp- I would never have guessed watching the game or listening to the game. There was nine of 24. Yeah. But let's be honest. He hit the one throw, and outside of that, it was a lot with his legs. Yeah, it was
1: a great you know, throw. Though. I
0: mean, but if he if he keeps going nine to twenty four, people are going to raise questions about. You know, is that enough? You know, is For he doing? It. By the way, we don't even have to talk Gardner Minshew right now because Gardner Minshew doesn't get a check mark yeah. after the, that performance. But listen, I know you love Murray. I'm just saying, oh. it's like I feel like he's getting so much love, but it's like. Ah, Like, I feel like Herbert's doing more. I feel like Joe Burrow at times is impressing more.
1: But at the end of the day, I mean, when I check my fantasy football scores and Mr. Thanksgiving just keeps stuffing the point score, the point totals. No, I'm not worried about it. And nobody should be worried about it at all because he's getting it done with his legs as well. And you know what? The Cardinals are winning.
0: This is unhealthy, your love affair with Kyler Murray. Hey, it's unhealthy when you win so much like I do, but it is what it is. I, I
1: liked Lamar Jackson last year. You, you took my sloppy seconds. Have fun with him. I'm on to Kyler Murray.
0: We come back and we talk a little Tua. Uh, is it too early for Tua? It's next on ESPN 6 Night. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Duracho. Austin Lane.
1: Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chows. Why not, man? I'm into it.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I have the responsibilities of, of leading a football team and doing all those things, but I also am on borrowed time. You know, and this is, I'm not even supposed to be here uh, in terms of the, the career that was written for, for me versus the career that I've actually had. So I, I can kind of play freely out there and enjoy myself and and have fun and try to lift my teammates up and that's been that's been a huge part of the experience for me the joy that i get on the football field and the joy that i get every single team that i've been on whether it's been for a year or four years just those relationships that i've been able to forge and how much fun we've had on the field together i'm assuming that might be more fitzpatrick yeah yep We're all over this now.
1: Yep. we say the same thing. I was thinking either Dalton or Fitzpatrick, but I want Fitzpatrick as well.
0: Yeah, it's too jovial to be uh, Dalton. Hey, quick (laughs) thought on Dalton, by the way. Like, they paid him a ton of money. I mean, come on, dude. You got three fantastic receivers in Ezekiel Elliott. I know he couldn't hold on to the football, but three points? I mean, come on. Well, well, they had ten points, really. They really had, like, three. So,
1: I mean... Come on, Andy Dalton, right? No, without a doubt, man. I mean, listen, you got paid that much money to, and he, he kind of went to Dallas just because the situation that he was in. Like any backup quarterback would kill to have what Dallas has right now on offense. Right? I mean, now, yeah, granted, your defense doesn't have your back that much, but you're talking CD Lamb. You're talking um, Gallup. You're talking Amari Cooper. You're talking Ezekiel Elliott. And a pretty, you know, offensive line's a little decimated. And also, shout out to Tyler Biotis, making his first start. Friend of the show made his first start at center last night. So I got to watch him play a little bit. But if you're a backup quarterback, man, you've got to embrace playing in Dallas right now. You have to do better than what you showed last night.
0: All right. Uh, the Dolphins make the move to Tua. Is this the right time?
1: You know what? Obviously, Brent, that, that organization and those coaches right now. Th- they know better than we know. Now, I can sit here and say, like, if I see uh, Fitzpatrick says, I think he's got, what, 10 uh, touchdowns, 7 interceptions? Yeah. I mean, that's... Played well the last three weeks, though? Has played fantastic the past few weeks. But once again, you want to make the excuse of, you know, are, are the Rams the real deal or not? Well, are the Dolphins the real deal? Because True. the competition that they played, obviously, the Jaguars huh, and the Jets, I mean, those are two beatable teams. So it, it kind of works both ways here. I just think that... The Dolphins have seen it up in practice and I don't think I don't think Sunday's game anything to do with it. It was weird though that Fitzpatrick had it such a great day and they blow out the Jets and then all of a sudden you choose to bench him. Like to me, you bench somebody when they gave you a reason to bench him, right? And the past couple games, I don't think Fitzpatrick has really done that. So I'm kind of 50 and I know you like me being on the fence here, but I just think th- those coaches have a lot better idea than we do. So obviously they see they see something out of Tua that propel them and go, you know what, Tua, it's your time. Get in there and let's try to win a division.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. this is peculiar to me. I mean, we saw the news come down, and i got to be honest with you, I was kind of stunned. I'm like, okay, they've won three, uh, three in a row, I think it is. Yeah. Um, Fitzpatrick is playing pretty good football. We watched it on Thursday night. Uh, then he did it again against the, the Niners, and I don't even know what his stats are. It doesn't matter. Uh, really against the Jets, you're gonna beat them. But so I, I get it. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to the Pro Bowl, but the timing was interesting. Yet I respect the plan. I respect the fact that they're sticking to the plan. Mm-hmm. And I think this was part of their plan. It's like, hey, when two, if two is healthy to go, we're we're not gonna sit him the whole time. We're still year number two of the Flores build. Mm-hmm. We've got our guy, but we got a guy that's doing a good job as a bridge. Mm-hmm. Helped us get some momentum at the end of last year. I think they won five out of their last nine, if I'm not mistaken. And now they've won three in a row, and they're three and three. They go into their bye week. You hand off at the right time where everybody's feeling good in Miami. So it's not controversial. It's not like you have to make a tough decision. And now you say, hey, all right, kid. Go put yourself around guys that feel pretty good about themselves, about winning games, and you get 10, 11 days to get ready for this opener, and we'll work on it, and we'll get all the headlines out of the way and the the questions. And uh, now we march forward. And I I would imagine the Dolphins, if they're smart, they're like, hey, we still don't really know where this is going to land in 2020. But here goes the march toward 21, 22, and hopefully for the Dolphins, I'm thinking for the next 10 years.
1: And it's like I talked about earlier in the show, right, where – you have to be so careful with these quarterback situations because obviously every quarterback's different, and you kind of gauge that uh, you know during those pre combine meetings and things like that, but like it's just it's so it's so it's such a delicate balance where I feel like if a quarterback loses that confidence from day one, sometimes they never get it back so I kind of agree with you, I guess where right now two is in a good situation he's entering a team that's you know obviously in pretty good shape, trying to win a division. And I think he's entering a situation where they're not asking him to be the savior, right? It's like, hey, we we got a solid run game, our defense is playing well. You just kind of got to manage the game a little bit, and every once in a while, make a pass here, make a pass there. But like, we don't need you to go out there and be anybody but yourself, right? I think sometimes like even like Joe Burrow, right? Like Joe Burrow right now, I mean, he's getting sacked nonstop. He's throwing the ball something forty times a game. Like they asked Joe Burrow day one, like, hey you're you're the savior now you, you you have to be big game joe every single week for us because we need you our roster right now not that good you have to go out there and do your thing i think with two it's different words like just play within yourself don't get crazy and we're gonna be okay i think what's
0: fascinating austin about this one is a lot of times the fans will call for the young quarterback yeah. the first round pick quarterback now i'm not in miami I, i'm not listening to sports talk in miami I don't think they were calling for him. Now, people have asked. They're like, okay, when's two we're going to play? It's not going to be this week. That was starting to build a little steam the last couple of weeks. Okay, the, he's not playing. When you start reporting like he's not playing this week, yeah. I guess there, to a degree is at least the question of what's the plan. But I just didn't feel like there's this overwhelming, hey, go put him in. Put him in. Put him in. Uh, you know, when back when Gabbard got picked, even though he shouldn't have gone in, mm-hmm. people were saying, put him in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and so that's what comes with a first-round draft pick. Absolutely, I get it. You want – I would love to know someday, and, and I don't know if anybody ever shares this stuff, and maybe they already have in Miami, but I doubt it. Is when did like was this an off-season plan to say, hey, let's see where we're at the bye week, yeah, and let's do this, or was it, it was it uh, impacted at all, influenced at all by some of the good play of Joe Burrow, but more so maybe the good play of Herbert, yeah, in LA because he wasn't planning on going in yet, he's coming in and delivering, and so they might be like, you know what? Let's go. It's go time.
1: It, it could be Brent. Right. But at the same time, let's keep in mind like Tyron Taylor and you, you've been very adamant about this and I agree with you. I mean, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to win a lot of the games in L.A., right? Like, he's he's a game manager. He doesn't turn the ball over, but he doesn't really put you over with that it factor as well, right? I think right now the Chargers, they need that it factor because they're not talented enough with injuries and things of that nature to, to win on defense. They're not talented enough to win with the running game with Austin Eckler being out. So, like, you need a quarterback that had that it factor. Justin Herbert had that. When you're talking about Fitzpatrick, you're talking about, you know, two of his last games. I mean, number one, you go to San Francisco, and yes, they had some injuries there as well, but you still drop 43 points on the 49ers, right? Like, that that demands praise. And then you drop 24 points, 24 nothing against the Jets. So, like, I think people have a problem with it because, like, their last thoughts of Fitzpatrick is, well, dang, man. He did really good, right? Like, usually when quarterbacks come in and change the role and then they get benched, it's because, well, man, he had a four-pick game. He had a five-pick game. And we've seen that from Fitzpatrick in the past. We've seen a version of Fitzmagic for a couple weeks, and all of a sudden here comes that four interception game, and it's back to the bench you go. But, like, we haven't necessarily seen that yet this year with Fitzpatrick. So, once again, I'm not saying what's right, what's wrong. I get the two-a decision, and I think it was predetermined before the season even started. It had to be because if you watch Fitzpatrick's last two games, how could you bench him?
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, I, once you go here now, you can't go back. I don't think. Uh, Fitzpatrick's an interesting guy you might be able to go back to, especially since he was playing well. Really interesting how they're handling this situation. Uh, so we'll see what what happens with two? What were your thoughts coming out? You think two is special? You think he's going to be great? Would you have liked to see him slip to number nine and the Jags take a chance on him? Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts? Remind me uh, yeah, come, yeah, around yeah. draft time. So
1: you know, obviously the injury was a little bit of a concern. Um, I'll be honest, being an Alabama quarterback was a little bit of a concern to me as well. Um, I wasn't, you know, begging and pleading the Jaguars to take him by any means. Uh I think he's going to be a pretty dang good quarterback, but it's like I said, you know, when we're talking about the draft, I thought Herbert was going to have the best year of anybody and I'm going to stand by that. I think I had a Herbert Burrow and then Tua. I have to find the audio again. And, and I'm going to stick with that. I think Tua um might take a little while to get, you know, to accustomed to the league and everything the speed and just the decision making. But I think he's gonna be okay pending he can stay healthy because let's be honest right now. He is that next era of NFL quarterback. He he has the wheels when he needs it. He he can extend plays if he needs to, and that's what every quarterback right now in this league has to do.
0: Yeah, I was lukewarm on uh too, if I'm being honest. You know, I, yeah. I think he's I don't know if everything translates to the NFL in my mind, in my eyes, the way I see it. But here's what I'm really cautious of. What people say about this guy is reminiscent of what Russell Wilson is in Seattle and has been in terms of leadership and intangibles and the it, yeah. and what is said about uh, Deshaun Watson in Houston. And remember, like Dabo was over the moon about Watson and begging people to listen to him about him, mm-hmm. and we've seen that from him. So I think he could be on the verge of greatness because I compare him to those guys, Yet I really feel like his game I question about in the NFL, man. I don't know. Maybe it's just the the left-handed quarterback. Everything was <laughs> so easy in, uh, yeah. at Alabama. I don't know what it is, and I don't really have a good reason for it. It's more of a gut that I'm like, it's going to be okay. I don't think he's going to be terrible, but I also don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, at the end of the day, like, listen, I mean, the intangibles, the athleticism, the arm strength, all those type of things, like, you have to bring those up because those are what, you know, that's what analysts talk about. But at the end of the day, his freshman year comes in on the biggest stage and unexpectedly comes in too, by the way, and performs like you wouldn't believe. Like, to me, that says something. Yeah, whether, yeah. whether it's the moxie, whether it's the leadership, like you could teach somebody how to read defenses. You could teach somebody how to maybe add a little more velocity to the ball, but you can't teach moments like that. You're, you're, you're either born for those moments or you crumble in those moments, and obviously, in those moments, for the you know, I mean, for the most part, Tua has succeeded in those. So, like to me, that puts him over the top to say, you know what, he might be special just because of those big moments, those things that you can't, um, you know, s- simulate. He's passed with flying colors.
0: Yeah, he's been. I mean, listen, this game coming up next Sunday against the Rams is like. Probably like the twelfth most important game the guy's played. Yeah, <laughs> you know? For sure. I mean he's played in some huge games. Hey, real quick, I just put this out on social media. Coming off the five o'clock game last night, wanted to see did you like the double header the five o'clock game? And if of the I give you three options. Okay. You could play five o'clock, watch a game at five o'clock on Monday, part of a double header, yeah. Tuesday at seven, like we had last week, or Thursday, the typical Thursday at eight. Which game? Which one do you want? Just,
1: just give me that Thursday night's back because unfortunately, five o'clock, I'm still here in the studio and then I'm going to train. So I couldn't really watch the Bills Chiefs game like I wanted to. So go ahead and give me the Thursday night game again. I'm a creature of habit. Tennessee Titans, I blame you. You're messing up my whole year. Um, get better and learn from this.
0: Yeah, that's because we have TVs at home yeah. for eight o'clock and not at five o'clock. For the is, race. is
1: there a game this Thursday?
0: Uh, there's a game this Thursday, I think. Uh,
1: I'll, have to, I'll have to check my yeah, local listings. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> check your local listings. <laughs> it's on Fox 30, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. By the way, we have uh, Jags Report live tonight because of that Monday night game. That's coming up at 7 o'clock
1: on Fox Thirty. So, uh, Brent, this Thursday, we oh, we got a barn burner. You ready? Yeah. Giants-Eagles. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. DJ.
0: It's going to run for 70 Does plus. anybody
1: want the NFC East or what? What are we doing here,
0: guys? That is brutal. Oh. All right, we'll be back from Streamsong Resort. We'll put a bow on the show, a little Jags talk, a surprise pickup by another team from a guy who played well on Sunday, I thought, for the Jags. That's next on ESPN six 6.9. I
1: think every year is different. Obviously, postseason, you have that experience to draw on. So I'm just trying to, you know, learn from that as best you can. But you know, at the same time, every year is different. Every team is different. The Rays are a different team than the Astros and the Red Sox. And so, you know, I'm going to prepare like I always do and be as ready as I can be. And um, excited about another opportunity to get it done. That is Clayton Kershaw. That's got to be Clayton Kershaw, yeah, for sure. Brent, does he get it done tonight?
0: Uh you know it's interesting, I'm kind of rooting for them a little bit, but I'm kind of rooting against them yeah um I would say, yeah, probably, but Glasnow is tough now and the and the Rays win a lot of games when Glassnow starts, like I think they lost the last one previously, I believe they had won eleven in a row, yeah, so you know there's I think I might have mentioned this yesterday or maybe we were just talking about it off um, off the air there's nobody that has more to gain than Clayton Kershaw in the next week. Mm -hmm. Nobody in this series. I mean, Dave Roberts maybe because, again, he could be fired if he doesn't win. But uh, Kershaw has so much to gain here with a World Series win. You could erase a lot of demons of the past.
1: Yeah, man. And listen, I've never been a Dodgers supporter by any means. I've actually kind of despised the Dodgers. But like I talked about yesterday a little bit, Puig's gone now. Machado's gone. And, like, there's something about this Dodgers team – where and it's hard to really put a finger on it, but like it seemed like I don't wanna say they're cocky like they like to have fun right like when, when everything's going good, they're celebrating and they got like all these different kind of hand gestures and then the, the different kind of hats in the dugout like I like that like it's genuine to me it's, it's not like a like a cocky demeanor. like I always got like cockiness when Machado played for them in Puig. But now that they're gone, it's more of just kind of like a fun loving ragtag bunch. But it's different because, well, they're the front runner, right? Like, they're supposed to win in this championship, this World Series, but, like, they're still having fun doing it. So, like, I honestly. I can't find anything to I guess cheer against in terms of the Dodgers and obviously I wouldn't mind seeing Kershaw win one.
0: Well, I think the only reason you cheer against the Dodgers here and unless you hate the Dodgers, which is fine, yeah. but the I think uh is it's kind of like David versus Goliath here it feels like. Yeah. You know, payroll-wise, fan-base-wise, tradition-wise, <laughs> win-wise, any star-wise, any way you cut it. You know, again, I continue to just say the Rays are an unbelievable story. So um, I'm going for the Rays. I'd like to see Ty to be happy on that. Because you know why? Because I'm not sure Ty. If Ty's a Rays fan, he genuinely is a Rays fan, has been. And if they win the World Series or if they don't win, I don't know when the Rays are going back. Now, they were there in 2008, and here we are in 2020. Sure. But it's really hard for the Rays to get to the World Series. Especially in that division, yeah. And that division, and now with all these other teams. I mean, you could look up. And Ty could be 55 years old, and they might not be in. I I mean, we say that, and we laugh about it, but it might be true. Like That might not be that wrong. Like, you could really go some decades without the Rays going back to a World Series. Now, heck, they might go three out of the next four. I don't know. But I just think the way they're built, this is so unusual. So I I really hope the Rays do win, even though – uh, there would be a sense of me that feels a bit for the Dodgers because they've been knocking on that
1: door, man. No, listen, <laughs> and, and as someone who who's cheered for the Brewers for all their life, Ty, I feel for you if they don't win this one because, trust me, I've had those conversations. When's it going to happen? Am I going to be alive? Is my son going to get to see it? So I, I've been a part of those conversations before. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, like, this is kind of a, a, a weird thing, right? Because we talked about where if the Astros would have made it. Well, of course you cheer against the Astros. But, like, I'm literally sitting here. You know, like a couple hours before Game One, and I can go either way. Like I'm, I'm completely indifferent. I'm, I'm still excited to watch this series, but I'm not really rooting for anybody, and I'm not really, really rooting against anybody. I just, you know, I just want to see a good series, I guess. Yeah. And I can't say that a lot about a lot of championships. Name the sport.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun when you have no emotion attached to it. I'm going to pick uh, the Dodgers in six yeah. to win.
1: And that's kind of what I was leaning to. I, uh, man, I mean, you got six. I got to make it a more interesting. So go give me the Dodgers in five, I guess, just to be a little contrarian here. Um, I had them winning. We did our, our, our picks, our predictions. So I got to stick with that.
0: Hey, Jabal Shear just got signed by the New York Giants off the Jaguars practice squad.
1: Yeah, I thought he might have been one of their best defensive players on Sunday. Yeah. Well, obviously the Giants saw something too, didn't they? Yeah. Um, listen. This is one of those circumstances here where you hope he doesn't go to New York and all of a sudden now he's going to be a pro bowler for years to come.
0: Yeah, Sheard's interesting. He's got over 50 sacks in his career. Yeah, He gets signed to the practice squad, and they elevated them up. So you know, this year is different. And you can elevate two players up to game day roster and then place them back down on the practice squad due to all the COVID new protocols and rules. And so the Jags exercised that with Sheard. They brought him up. Josh Allen wasn't playing. They needed another lineman. Bam. They br- Or Avery Jones as well wasn't playing. So they bring him up. Well, what happens is you put him back down on the practice squad yeah. right after the game. And, like, I think you have maybe until early Tuesday to make that declaration, I believe it is. And, uh, well, the Giants said, hey, that tape looked pretty darn good. We don't have... Anybody doing anything? Yeah. Let's give this guy a chance. And now, of course, he has to stay on their active roster Sure. because they signed him off the Jags practice squad. But I kind of feel like this is over dramatic. but I feel like Jabal Sheard got stolen away from the Jags. <laughs> like, I feel like this isn't good. I wanted to see Sheard play against well, isn't Sunday.
1: it kind of surprising that Jayward didn't kind of fight for him, too? Right? Because, I mean... They're in need, obviously, of defensive line help. So it surprised me. that Because keep in mind, if you're on the practice squad or whatever, or you're on that list, you can still fight for that guy. So I'm just, listen, it's a good pickup by the Giants. I just hope the Jaguars didn't lose one there.
0: Yeah, I feel like they might have. Uh... Hey, fun show. We'll do it again tomorrow from Streamsong Resort. And uh, we'll check in on the Jags and other storylines around sports. Coming up, a uh, lineup. Loaded tonight, live local loud, right after this. And then, of course, we have Game 1 of the World Series later tonight on ESPN 690. By the way, on Fox 30 at 7, it's Jags Report Live. And then also Game 1 of the World Series on Fox 30. For Austin Lane, back in Jacksonville. And Stuart Weber here. Ku's back there. I'm Brett Martineau. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll see you back here from Streamsong Resort on Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Have a good night, everybody.